Hello, I'm glad you're with us today, and I hope you're doing really well. In this message today, we're going to look at how does the church do the work that it does. In other words, how does God animate the church? Here's an introduction to a TV series that we used to watch with the kids when they were young. I love it when the cartoon character comes off the page and springs to life. That's that's my favorite part, for sure, in that. The church, we've seen, is the spiritual body of Christ that Jesus works through today in the world, just like he worked through his own physical body when he was here on earth. And so we're going to talk about how does... God make the body of Christ move and accomplish things. The question I want to answer in this message is how does the God how does God bring us to life spiritually and then animate us to do his will and to accomplish his work? The Bible tells us that the church community is formed by God's grace. Ephesians 2, 4 through 7 says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. If you look up the definition of the word animated in the dictionary, uh, here's what you find. Animated has several nuances of meaning like most words do. And the first nuance of meaning is to be endowed with life or the qualities of life to be alive, like animated creatures are alive. This passage says that we were dead in transgressions before we came to know Jesus Christ. Another way of saying that is spiritually, we were not animated at all. The thing is, dead people can't move. There was nothing we could do in our sinful condition to fix ourselves. We couldn't do anything spiritually. We couldn't do good works. We couldn't, we couldn't accomplish God's will. But God made us alive with Christ. And this is done by the grace of God. God formed the church community by grace. He saved us, each of us, by grace. And he brought us into the church community. 
And it's by grace that he motivates us to do his will and accomplish his work. So the same way we're saved by grace is the way that we're motivated to do God's work. The church community then is both formed by grace and fueled by the grace of God. Out of gratitude, Christ followers want to live for what's significant and what really matters to God. Because we're so grateful for what God has done for us in our lives. And he's, he's changed us. He's poured his grace into us. And we've been, ama- we've been made alive by the grace of God. And he motivates us through this grace. And the grace of God motivates us to give back to him, to serve him, to want to do good to the people around us, both inside the church community and those we, that come across our path outside the church community. This is how the Lord motivates us to do his will. Here, here's the second and third nuance of the word animated in the dictionary. The second nuance is to be full of movement or activity. An animated crowd, like a lively crowd. They're, they're not just standing there still, but they're moving around. And to be full of vigor and spirit, or lively. We will see in this message that we receive God's grace so that we do something with it. So that we pour it out to the people around us in our lives. I was reading John 37, uh, John 738 in my devotions this week. It really spoke to me because Jesus said that whoever believes in him, there will be streams of living water that flow out to others through them to bring refreshment and to take care of them. I mean, that is a fantastic picture because we receive the grace of God, to pour it out to the people in our lives. Ephesians 4, 7 says this, But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. In this verse, you find out that God's given us grace. To give grace means to show kindness to someone, especially when it's not deserved. And this stirs gratitude in our hearts. It just, it makes us so grateful. And the intent is for, as the gratitude wells up, it doesn't pool there, but it's, it spills out. It's poured out. It's not to be a reservoir, but it's to be a stream that flows into the lives of others as we experience and live in light of the grace of God. We've been gifted by God's grace to accomplish the ministry of Christ's body. That's what we're going to see this morning as we walk through these passages. This is how God animates the church to do his work, by his grace. We're fueled by his grace. He fuels our work by the grace of God. Um, This verse also says something very interesting in uh, that's made clear, more clear in verse 11, but this passage, verse 7, says, 
It's by grace. It's grace that has been given us as Christ apportioned it. And the word apportioned means a unit of measure. Uh, at first glance, it may seem like God gives more grace to some than others, but he has plenty to pour out for everybody. Um, but what this is referring to is that God has given specific grace gifts to his people to do the work of the church. In other words, he says, I'll give this gift to this person. I'll give that gift to that person. And he's he's just sort of creating order in the church through the gifts. It's the grace of God that is sovereignly distributed through the church members that motivates us to do his work. It's an amazing thing, really. Um, there are various aspects of his work that God gifts people to do. And he, this, this gifting motivates us. We're already motivated by the grace of God, but the gifting also motivates us. What an amazing privilege to do the work of God and to be gifted to do it. It's quite, it's quite an amazing thing. Verse 11 helps us make sense of verse 7 more because it lists, it lists, uh, specific Leadership gifts that God's given to the church. Let's read Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. It was he, Jesus, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, not all the spiritual gifts, the grace gifts, are listed here, but what is listed here are the critical leadership equipping gifts that God's given. He's, he's given these gifts to, to lead the church. First of all, apostles. Apostles are those who started the Christian movement. They, they got it launched. And then prophets. Prophets are the folks that they, they are mainly concerned with proclaiming the truth, letting the truth be known, and speaking the truth into situations and circumstances. Evangelists are those especially gifted at explaining the gospel and helping people want to choose to follow Christ and help them cross the line to give their life to follow Christ. And then pastors and teachers are those who oversee the work of the local church and lead in it. The reason God gives gifts is clear in this passage. To prepare God's people for works of service and so that the body of Christ may be built up. So the, he gives these leadership gifts to help people people in the body, the members of the church body to be equipped to do the work that they have to do. So there are two kinds of gifts. Basic leadership and equips equipping gifts, and then there are a variety of other spiritual gifts that we'll look at 
in a moment. The emphasis, it's interesting, the emphasis in the New Testament is not on the precise definition of the gift, but it's on the diversity of the gifts. And there are some reasons for that. And we'll, we'll look a little bit later in the message at some of these, but basically the Bible shows that to maintain unity in the body of Christ, we must recognize that there are varieties of gifts, that not everybody has the same gift that we do, and there there are going to be different responses based on our gifting to different situations that crop up. God intends to create order through the gifts themselves, and the leaders, of course, are are organizing, Lord willing, in line with gifting, and more on that in a moment. This passage lays out the end goal of spiritual gifts, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach the unity of the faith. This brings us back to God's cosmic purpose, which is to unite all things in himself and through himself, under his rule. That's where history's headed. And so, the goal of these spiritual gifts is to build up the body of Christ and unite until we're all reaching the unity of the faith. That's our goal. We find out in Romans 12 that there are other gifts, and that believers, if you've decided to follow Christ, You have a gift. Every member of Christ's body is given a gift. Romans 12, 4 through 6. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us Let us use them. That's the emphasis. Notice that when the Bible talks about spiritual gifts, grace is always mentioned. Or or you'll notice as you read the passages on gifting that grace is always connected to the gift. We're gifted according to the grace given to us. The gifts are given to us. They aren't earned. They're grace gifts, just like our salvation isn't earned. We are saved by grace, and we serve by grace. It's an amazing thing that God has done. Here's a definition of a spiritual gift, a grace gift. A spiritual gift is a special ability given by the Holy Spirit to every believer at their conversion to be used to minister to others and build up the body of Christ. Now, I've already mentioned some of the leadership and equipping gifts, but here here are some other gifts. What are, what are those? What, here are some other examples of gifts that are listed in the New Testament. A- administration is a gift. People are gifted to organize and lead projects, pay close attention to details, giving is a spiritual gift. 
generous people uh, are 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 just they 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 give and it just seems to flow from them. They they get in a situation of circumstances they see a need and and they give. They give to others. They give to the church. And this this is a really a, a blessing. Um, the gift of mercy is listed. And these are folks that God has given a special way of meeting people right where they are and showing compassion and mercy and, and grace to them. Faith is a gift. It's the supernatural ability to trust God in the middle of the unknown. And I'm grateful for the people with that gift that are a part of our church body. Discernment is another gift, which is the supernatural ability to discern and distinguish between truth and error. Exhortation is a gift, the supernatural ability to motivate others to action. It sees the best in people. It encourages them with an edge of challenge. And and people with this gift... We all seek to do these things. We, we are commanded to do these things. But people with the gifts, it just, it just flows out of them. And, and that's, it's, it's really fun thing to watch and, and a joyful thing to watch as God uses the body and the gifts in it to do the various things that he's given us to do in the church. Every believer has a gift whether they know it or not. It may be hidden. You may need to unwrap your gift. It's just like physical babies. They aren't aware of the abilities they have. In fact, part of the thing that makes babies such a joy is just they're a bundle of potential, and it's fun to watch them grow and mature and begin to realize their abilities, the the potentials that God has wired into them. Uh, they become more and more aware of what they can do, their strengths and their abilities. And this is the same with our spiritual gifts. The way you discover your gift, the way you unwrap your gift, is by serving in the church. By doing what the Lord has commanded us to do as individual church members. As you do that, as you serve, your gifts come to the surface and they're recognized by others. So, you know, one thing you got to watch out for is, hey, if I think I'm gifted in a certain way, but nobody else thinks that, uh, I could be wrong. <laughs> so, but anyway, there, there's no need to focus on finding your gift before you serve because your gifts are going to show up as you serve. It's the way it works. In fact, there are lists lists of gifts in the Bible, and there is a corresponding command for every spiritual gift listed in the Bible, so that all believers are are commanded to do what some are gifted to do. It's like there there are two or three gifts that are an exception to this. We're not commanded to do miracles. We're not commanded to speak in tongues. We're not commanded uh, to prophesy. Uh, but there is a list 
of gifts, and there are commands that correspond to those gifts. And as we do the commands, the gifts come to the surface. It's the list of things that we should do. Here's a partial list of those things we're commanded to do, like share our faith. Some are gifted in that. Teach one another. Some are gifted in teaching. We're to serve one another. Some people are just gifted to serve and to help. And you see this. They You put them in a situation, and they just... They do it without even thinking about it. It's it's something that God has put into them. Um, some of us are, you know, focused on encouraging one another. So we all have family chores that we need to do and commands that we need to follow. But some of us are especially gifted in these things, even though we're all commanded to do them. The gifts are unwrapped. As you follow God's commands in Scripture, it's it's a really cool thing. As we do what he said to do, then the gifts show up. Gifts of grace are given to serve others. 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. First of all, you see here that God gives gifts for the good of others. Typically, a a thoughtful gift and Certainly, God has put thought into the gifts. They're thoughtful gifts. Uh, But typically, a thoughtful gift is given so that the person themselves can enjoy the gift and, and really get a lot out of it. Here's a clip from the Oprah show of people getting a gift for their own use. Let's watch this together. Everybody in the audience, now listen to me carefully is being given a special package, and I don't want you to open it. Do not open it. Cameras are on you, so do not open until I tell you. All right, open your boxes. Open your boxes. One, two, three. Now, these folks are pretty pumped about getting that gift of a car. That's that's pretty exciting. We don't respond to gifts to the gifts of grace, to spiritual gifts in this way, but they are much more powerful and meaningful. It's much more meaningful to be given the greater gift of God's grace and a gift, a grace gift to serve others. Spiritual gifts are not typical. We're to use them for the good of others. The streams of grace should flow out of us to others and touch their lives. We're to use our gifts to serve. Why does God give us these gifts? To animate and breathe life into the church and also to establish order in it. We're commanded to use these gifts 
with the strength that God provides. And the purpose of the spiritual gifts are that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. In this environment, the COVID-19 environment and the unrest that's going on in our country, it's, it's challenging to maintain unity. But this is a major way the church glorifies God by being unified to reflect God's cosmic purpose that he's accomplishing through the church. So it's imperative to recognize that all of us are gifted differently, which means we're going to have different responses to different circumstances and situations. We're not all going to respond the same. For instance, prophets are going to be focused on speaking what's true and what's right, and they're going to be focused on proclaiming that and making that known. The merciful encouragers are going to be focused on showing compassion and taking care of the people who are going through the bad circumstances. Some of us are going to be focusing on what should be done, and we're going to lean toward exhorting people to do those. If we're gifted that way, that's what we're going to be thinking. We're going to be exhorting people to obey God and do what's right in the situation. We need to know this. We're not going to have, all of us, the same response to what's going on in our world. We need to pull together and unite for the same mission and purpose. But we're all going to have a varied response to what's happening. This is partially related to our gifting that God has given us. He's put it in us. And we need to give people room to respond according to their gifts and other things that are in their life. And then pull us together to serve God in unity. The role of church leaders is to recognize the gifts God has given the church members and to lead out in a way that unites the church toward its purpose, toward its mission, using all of the giftings and strengths that God has put in the church body to accomplish his purpose for it. We must all recognize that not everyone is gifted the way we are. They're not going to have the same response to circumstances and situations. And we need to give space for varying responses. Because as this passage says, 1 Peter 4, the grace given is varied, which means variegated or many colored. This environment that we're in is a test of our unity. And the only way we pass the test is to focus on God's cosmic plan and what he wants to do through us to serve others and uh, to work together in our church body as God aims to unite all things under his rule through through our church. We, we need to do our part of the action. We need to do our part. 
The Lord has given us grace gifts that are multicolored, like these tiles. They're sort of in a circle, and what you see is it's kind of reflective of the church because we're not. It's not a perfect circle for sure, um, but the church body is formed around Jesus Christ. We aren't going to respond to situations the same way, but all of us need to focus on our mission and the cosmic purpose that God has given us to be a part of fulfilling. The church is formed by God's grace, and it's fueled by grace. The Lord motivates us to do his will by pouring his grace into us, and he intends it to flow like streams of living water to other people around us. What an amazing privilege that God has given us to be gifted by the living God to serve him in this world. It's a, it's a great thing. So I'd like to encourage you as I wrap up the message, I'd like to encourage you to take some next steps today. Here are some I'd like to suggest. My step, my next step today is to read 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, 3 through 8, 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11. If you read those, you can learn more about spiritual gifts. That those, those aren't all the passages on spiritual gifts, but there's some listings there. There's some perspective on what they are and what they mean and uh, how God has wired them into the church body and wants to bring order through them. And then another step could be commit to do chores in the church and unwrap your gift over time. So let's, let's set our heart on doing what God's commanded us to do and let the gifts emerge as we're doing what he's commanded us to do. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for your kindness and grace to us. Thank you, God, that you saved us by grace, and it's by your grace that we serve. Help us, Father, to obey your commands. Help us to work together as a church community to accomplish your purpose, to do your work, to accomplish your will, and help us to follow through on doing what you've laid on our heart to do this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.